0: In for a scare.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Chatting Cinema. I'm Gianni. I'm Flynn. I'm Luke. I'm Chase. And today, as you may have just guessed, we are talking about horror movies, the genre itself, what it makes us feel, which is generally fear, right? (laughs) Occasionally love, occasionally laughter. (laughs) Um,
2: You know, I thought we were only talking about Goosebumps, so I'm kind of (laughs) disappointed right now. Cause like Goose. I could go off on
3: all of the the mask Goose, episodes, Goosebumps. bumps, uh,
0: must, monster blood, <laughs> monster, monster blood two, anybody? monster blood three, <laughs> monster
1: blood. <laughs> hamster monster blood. <laughs> um, What's the scariest movies you've ever seen? <sighs> like if you had to pick one right now, scariest Midsommar. thing. <laughs> I was gonna say Midsommar, Yeah. Uh,
3: hereditary. Uh, yeah. So for me, the Strangers. When because uh, I, I saw it oh. very young, and um, I'm still probably rightfully so deathly afraid of home invasions mm, like yeah. that that movie kept me up at night more than anything like because i saw it young and i was like oh my god somebody's gonna break into my house mm.
2: <laughs> going off of that goosebumps terrified me as a child so i knew i was not ready for horror movies when i got older still yeah. i'm not
0: <laughs> i was really terrified by every horror movie goosebumps included when i was a child but it's turned to like a fascination as yeah because i was like why do i feel this way mm. why do these things scare me and i want to understand them and that's what made me like made horror my favorite yeah genre,
3: right? yeah for sure i i started i like i really like to read as a kid so i loved reading goosebumps because so you're telling
0: me
2: you're a nerd
3: <laughs> yeah oh we'll get into nerdiness here <laughs> um so goosebumps is is so like easy to consume and um they're so effective as mm-hmm. as shorter stories um, so I read a ton of Goosebumps, and I had the complete collection of Alvin Schwartz's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Um, so uh, even shorter stories, so easy to consume, so easy to keep reading and, and get scared. And um, that spurred on a, a love of horror for me and horror storytelling. So that continued as I grew older, and I was really into creepypasta. And not like, listen, <laughs> Jeff the Killer, and yeah. like, there there's like an edgy, like, creepypasta mm. thing that I'm not super into, but some of the best horror storytelling, like uh, C.K. Walker's Baraska. Oh, I love Baraska. It's so good, you told yeah. Me about that. yeah, it is so good. <laughs> and um, that, to me, it's, it's very um, Stranger Things with a bit of an edge, or uh, It, or, you know, supernatural coming-of-age horror stories because i think that's my favorite subsection of horror coming of age because again like it's it's ties into something there's something so horrifying about growing up (laughs) so it facts it plays to that um in a sort of exaggerated way that that i really love see Mm
2: -hmm. coming as somebody who doesn't watch a lot of horror that's how i'm actually watching it because coming of age movies are my favorite Mm -hmm. so like I watched the new version of It. Mm-hmm. Didn't mm-hmm. go near the sewer grate under my mailbox for a month and a half. <laughs> because it was in the summer. Like, okay, so I was watching It. It was summertime. I only watch movies when it's completely daylight out, which midsummer is now ruined. But um, I only watch in the daylight, so I can't like go outside and get freaked out if I try right. to do something. So I'm watching It, and then all of a sudden, like I start the first scene, it's raining in the movie, it starts raining in real movie. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not about this, this is not okay. Then lightning strikes and I lose my power the first Ooh. time you see Pennywise Ooh. and I'm like are you kidding it, me
3: it was it so then yeah.
2: the power comes back on and I'm like do I keep watching it and my mom is like you are gonna be scared I'm like you know I am <laughs> and then I did and I was terrified didn't go near sewers for a month so uh yeah although so the first time I ever saw one in theaters because I would never go to the movie theater I just said I would only watched them in daylight I'm not going into a crowded movie theater mm-hmm. was don't breathe
1: Mm. Very Mm. random,
2: but because it was summertime, all my friends wanted to go to the movies, and they picked Don't Breathe, and I was like, I'm not staying home alone doing nothing, and I was scared, so uh, yeah, good job, Don't Breathe, you did
1: it. I have a funny story about Don't Breathe, this is unrelated to this episode, but I saw that in theaters, and the same day, it was like a double feature for me. I saw Southside with you right before it, which is the story of Barack, Barack and Michelle Obama. Obama's first date. <laughs> that was what a, a weird contrast. What yeah. a combo.
3: Uh, why yeah. aren't they playing that double feature at the drive-in? <laughs> you yeah. never know. You can <laughs>
2: tell we're not horror people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, Stranger Things also gave me a really good introduction into it. Yeah. Even though it's not as much horror, it's more thriller. <laughs> like, that show made me like it a lot more. And, I mean, because of you, I'm watching more like horror esque movies. Yeah,
3: there's there's so much good horror. It it gets disrespected as a genre, Um, and you know, it that that's not covering new ground saying that. um, I mean, you know, you go to us and Lupita Nyong'o's performance, and just like not being on the radar for um, awards or Hereditary with Tony Collette, like these performances are are so good and so believable and because there's like b-horror and schlocky horror people ignore it and i don't i don't buy into the the uh the idea of like high concept horror because i think it's a way to like gatekeep people that like horror as like a no no the other movies you like they're dumb <laughs> but this one's okay yeah. but still like you know there are fantastic horror movies coming out now with crazy good performances at the center. Great effects work, great visual stuff, and I feel like it's almost treated as like a like a ugly stepchild.
0: Yeah. I mean horror <laughs> comes from like us and like what we're afraid of. If you look at like Hereditary, which I brought up as like my scariest movie, mm-hmm. it's a movie about you know, a cult and like your family being evil, but it's also about mental illness mm-hmm. and how that's passed down through family. And it just uses like a cult and demon as that metaphor. Right. One of my favorite movies I watched this for my a class I was taking, The Thing. Mm-hmm. Have you ever John seen Farpenter's that? John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, yeah. It's about a monster that can infect you and become you, and yeah. assimilate you. But it's also about like the AIDS crisis yeah. because it's a monster that spreads through blood and anyone can have it. Or you could also the older version of it could also be about communism. Yeah. It could be anyone. Like mm-hmm. I think. Horror encapsulates the time it comes out in, yes. it, and it encapsulates yeah. things that it may be about a demon or an alien, but it's also about well, us and what we're gonna encounter in our real right. lives. And I think that's really powerful. Yeah, yeah.
3: A, a way to tell these really real stories. Um, Jordan Peele gets at that so yeah. well. Um, get Out and Us, racially class conscious wise, um, like you're saying, speaking to what's happening now, is it's really important, and uh, I think. I agree that horror has a really like unique ability to do that and tell these stories in a realistic way. Uh, Candyman, the the original mm. Candyman, uh, is racially conscious and uh, a really good story. And I think that I think that the the cool thing about bringing Candyman back into the lexicon is that now more people are going to revisit the original Candyman yeah. um, and find something they really like out of that.
2: Shout out to Jeremy Newman in our video production class. <laughs> <laughs> where he showed that yeah, movie? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> great movie yeah um i along with luke i don't really watch a lot of horror movies but i will say that the found footage films when done right scare me beyond belief because i don't know everyone has had that moment i think in your house where you're like is
0: there
2: someone in here with me like we had one in this office the other day (laughs) yeah yeah
1: um and i'm just thinking like how do you make a film like that where you're not filming any monster on screen like nothing's there but yep. you can make it so terrifying. Like, I think about films like the first Paranormal Activity mm-hmm. terrified me. A mm-hmm. um, found footage kind of mockumentary style film, Lake Mungo, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is the scariest thing I think I've ever seen in the way of found footage, mockumentary yeah. style filmmaking. Um, because it feels so real, it really does. And I think Paranormal Activity, the first one, really accomplished that too. I felt like I was watching a real couple just trying to like figure out what was going on yeah, in their yeah. house. And it's terrifying yeah um, A more recent film is the invisible man which after coming out of it I I didn't think it was like that scary it didn't keep me up at night only because you kind of know like what it is and it's revealed in the trailer anyway but I still won't say in case anyone goes to see it mm-hmm. um, but to me it's the things that you can't see that are like the most terrifying yeah um, yeah and then it's springboard off of what you said about get out and us those are really scary films, too, yeah. with a lot of good social commentary, and that's important. Um, and then more recently, also, this summer, I saw Samar, mm-hmm. which is this creepy, creepy thing about, you know, getting into the wrong group of friends and, and dealing with loss and tragedy in your life and... Mm-hmm. That's some scary imagery in it. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was gonna say
2: what you just said about what you don't see scares you the most. Midsummer completely throws that out the window and is like, "We gonna show you, yeah. Like, yeah, all of it." Yeah. And then, like I said, like most horror movies take place at night, so you can't see what's happening. <sighs> Not Midsummer is literally about a festival where it's day for most of the day in Sweden, so you you gonna see everything. Well, what you scares can't.
1: me about Midsummer is that it's more of a story about bad people yes. than it is about like some entient being or yeah, some otherworldly thing it's just bad people yeah and yeah. that's a scary thing
3: i will s- i haven't gotten to see the invisible man yet I'm, I'm super excited to um but again tying it back to like modern day concerns and real world stories like just from the trailer like female concerns falling on deaf ears and being written off mm. as you know insanity and mm. that i think that's super important um yeah. and the found footage uh these movies are becoming cult classics now, but the Creep movies with Mark Duplass, so good. And it's it was really hard like going into that for Mark Duplass to do that for me because I know him from uh, The League, and it, that's a full-on <laughs> comedy show. So for him to, to be able to pull off his performance in both those movies is, is really excellent. Um, and again, real and something interesting about horror is seeing filmmakers work without a lot. Like, Creep does not have any impressive effects work. It is a couple people with a camera in a house, and and that's it for both those movies. Um, And they completely work, and you completely buy into the characters and the story at hand and what's happening, and it feels real and it feels raw. Um, And that's so great. And, uh, yeah, so the filmmaking strength is is an interesting thing to bring into horror because going on sort of the negative side of horror and why people, I think, still feel okay with discounting it as a genre is there are a lot of really bad horror movies that come out. Um, And it's frustrating because the reason they come out is because it's so easy to make money off Mm -hmm. of them. You get a bunch of kids that have never been in a movie. You pay them the sag after minimum uh you take them somewhere film it in a spooky house or on a vacation somewhere or other uh throw some fake blood do a couple jump scares that's that you make it for five million dollars and then it'll make 60 million dollars opening weekend when you release it in october and that's that um but there's so many great filmmakers the the ari the jordan peels Pouring their hearts and souls into horror, and I think they deserve respect. Robert Eggers, too, he did The Witch and Lighthouse. Um, you know, really doing interesting things and moving the genre in really fascinating places. Yeah.
0: I mean, if you look, kind of piggybacking off what you said about bad horror, I think it's easy, especially for horror sequels, to forget what the originals are about. Mm. I like to use the example of Alien and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. Alien is like a rape allegory, yeah. cause it's an alien that forcefully impregnates mm-hmm. you. Um, I love Aliens. It's an action movie, though, yes. and then the sequels are yes. not good because they don't know what yeah. they're supposed to be. Completely different. From yeah. What they and are, then I guess. Nightmare on Elm Street is a movie about children suffering for what their parents did. Yes. And their concerns falling on deaf ears and like mm-hmm. being swept under the rug, like the younger generation being forgotten. Yeah. Um, and then the sequels are like, what if Freddy Krueger said a funny thing? <laughs> yeah. It's it's, it's yeah. they just forget what they're supposed to. Yeah. Be.
1: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I I think going off of that, too, like the secret to making a really great horror movie and any movie in general is to have characters that an audience can care about. And so many of these, you know, quote unquote, bad horror movies have are terrible characters or no characters at all. You know, people that are just there to be tormented and then killed off. Um, But you think about like people like Jordan Peele and Ari Aster who are building their movies around characters that are either damaged or conflicted or. You know, something is going on with them that then welcomes this scary force or scary thing of nature um and that to me is like the core and what makes those movies interesting and, and worth re-watching and watching the first time and yeah so many movies don't do that though so. uh,
2: a quiet place
1: yeah mm, yeah i was, I was waiting
2: Inventive for you to mention oh uh, yeah but yeah no i mean like the the family Mm. There's, there's you care about that family yeah. and you're very concerned when any yeah. of them makes any noise at all you know like it just works so well like that one I didn't see in theaters as well I watched it in daylight just, just throwing it out there <laughs> once again But, but yeah I mean the best horror movies I've seen is because I actually care about the people that are in them and like I mean, it's like a dumb example, but, like, Scooby-Doo literally works for a reason. Like, they're they're solving mysteries, and you don't want anything to happen to the mystery gang, you know? And that that literally translates to the best horror movies. Yeah,
3: Yeah. another really great recent example is It Follows. Um, The monster, demon, whatever, is is sexually transmitted. Uh, It's a fascinating framework to, to work in, and it's so, so good. Um, and I, I think that that's always been the thing with horror. There are always people making there's, – there's Silence of the Lambs. And um, we've talked about David Fincher a bunch before on this podcast, but Zodiac um, has maybe the, the best kill. And this goes into to some of what works in Midsummer too, um, filming because the bad horror that we're talking about is overproduced and overly stylized. Um, you get the the stab from thirty different angles, and you get buckets and buckets of blood, and and, and you know, people like it, and sure, but <laughs> but um, something that Midsummer does, something that Zodiac does, and these films like this is it will film your death or whatever's horrifying head on. It is not you know you're not getting a bunch of different cuts to escape what's really going on you are watching somebody just get stabbed it's you're just looking at somebody getting stabbed and and that's horrifying and that's again when you have these filmmakers making these movies that's stuff that they understand to you know watching
1: the knife and hearing screeches is like that's not what's gonna stay stick with you yeah i agree something that i think successful horror movies do really well too is Is they have amazing sound mixing and sound editing Mm -hmm. Um, and I know I just mentioned it but the invisible man a movie that's out in theaters now really has a score that elevates the film and 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 increases the tension and that's something else I wanted to mention is that horror movies are the perfect example or good horror movies at least are the perfect example of how to create really strong scary tension you know yeah. um, and movies like Us and Get Out and, and Midsummer do it so well and it's not just having a loud noise to startle an audience it's more than that it's you know having things build and, and having a great score to under undercut your, your lines or whatever's happening on screen and that to me is what makes a really great and effective horror film yeah so. sa-
3: sound in general on its own can, can elicit fear Yeah, like little secret for anybody uh, most haunted places if you believe in ghosts that's cool um most haunted places are not haunted uh, there's stuff wrong with the pipes there's stuff wrong with that and there's a frequency being emitted that naturally primally makes you afraid and so because of that you're already going in fearful of something and so you're you're already walking into somewhere that's haunted and you're already scared and then you have that fear frequency, and that's why you're like, oh, man, I feel something here. It's probably not a ghost. It's probably the pipes are busted <laughs> and you're yeah. hearing a sound frequency. But it's crazy that, that stuff like that can just be manipulated to make you afraid. And there's something so, so deep in us that's afraid of that is yeah. really fascinating.
1: Yeah cool stuff. Yeah. I think that, that wraps up our little discussion on horror. Speaking Horror-fi- of raps, fine.
2: the best horror movie ever made is Under Wraps, Disney Channel original movie from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, or
0: Tom Cruise's The Mummy.
1: Speaking
2: of raps. Uh, oh. 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 Or, or Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. Uh. Yeah, I actually I like that movie. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We love you, Brendan Fraser. Come on the podcast.
1: <laughs> thanks for watching and yeah. thanks for listening. Um, Gianni, when? Luke, Chase, and we'll see you next time.
2: I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs>